Fellow Jonathan, what's going on? Well, there's kind of a lot. I mean, as mm-hmm. I'm sure our one listener knows, uh, Jesuits <laughs> tend to travel a lot over the summer. That's right. And so That's we right. are quickly you- approaching lots of transitions and travels. So there's a lot going on. We just had graduation last night. Oh, good. That's great. And so the end of the year is upon yep. you. I've got one more, four more days of, of teaching high school. Nice. Very yeah. good. Well, this time around. This time. That's all right. That's right. This is my second go around altogether. Yeah. So I'm in a similar boat. I mean, so uh, we're finishing up finals this week, and then I just got a couple more weeks, and then I turn in my thesis, and then I'll be done with uh, I'll be done with my degree. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, all that is to say, so like uh, for whoever is listening, <laughs> if there's anybody out there, uh, you you and I had some technical difficulties last week with our our uh, recording for Pentecost. Yeah. Um, but we just decided that it was probably a good time to maybe take a summer break. Yeah. Um, since we do travel so much, it, like. You, you're going to be traveling a bunch. I'm going to be coming back to America. Like, it'll be nice to have a, a little bit of, of, a, of a relaxing break. And we'll be back for, like, the Feast of the Assumption right around there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I hadn't run this by you, but now I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, I think it would be cool, even so keeping to our summer, like, a regular order of homily prep, uh, keeping that until, you know, until the fall. But I wouldn't be Im- – uh, opposed to some impromptu check-ins like we do at the big, like we're doing right now. Um, oh, sure. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, totally. Yeah, because I would like to hear how things are going with your preaching. For for example, like you you had the Ascension, like we didn't get to record about the Ascension or Pentecost, but was there anything about those two feasts that came out in your, I don't think you preached at either <laughs> of them, but no. you were able to go to Mass, I think. For no, I did. Night. Yeah. So one of the things that I've come to to find out that I love very much is the vigil mass for Pentecost, which is, as I've said yeah. before, is like a little Easter vigil. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things that go on. There's the readings and the prayers and the uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, so I was able to go to the co-cathedral here in Houston to celebrate, um, basically just to have a parish mass. And I realized that this was my first, I think, my first non-Jesuit, like, Sunday Mass since the shutdown. Wow. Wow. So it was like Normalville, almost. Yeah, yeah, totally. Who uh, who presided? Uh, the rector of the cathedral. And he did a really good job. His homily was, was, was really good. Um, he brought in, so he, he baptized two people and confirmed one, or confirmed three. Wow. Uh, and so he, he brought in a whole bunch of different things, you know, um, bringing up, well, bringing up the Easter mysteries that we're kind of concluding with today, uh, as well as he did, he did kind of mention um, uh, Ascension, which was interesting. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the more I think about it, the more I, I really do wonder if, if you really can only consider the Ascension in light of Pentecost. Yeah. No, that's that's fair, and that might be one of the reasons why it's been so difficult for us to preach on the ascension. Um, that it's like we're trying to make it its own, yeah. its own feast day. You know? Yeah, I mean it is. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Uh, anyway, anyway, it was really good. It was really good. Um, nice, nice. Um, I I have yet to celebrate or even actually go to an East, uh, a Pentecost vigil ever. In my yeah, life. well, I've last year it was the first that I'd ever even heard of it, and I was like. And I right. somehow right. managed to convince my pastor that it was worth doing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I before last year, I'd never heard of it either. You know, and you and I are career yeah. networks. You know, yeah. So for, for us, I never have heard of them. Um, so I got to tell you, I um, I did get to preach the Ascension, and I did get to preach uh, Pentecost, and uh, for both <laughs> for both of them. Uh, I've decided to start doing something where I listen to like we've been doing this show long enough to where I can go back and listen to the back catalog, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so I went back to this time last year and I listened to both our Ascension reading and our, our Ascension episode and our Pentecost one, um, and it's funny to see was how it basically <laughs> the same. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't changed <laughs> that much. I mean, it's still a lot of the same struggles um, around the Ascension, but it was great. We actually ended up talking a little bit about in our Pentecost recording last year. Um, some things that were in my heart for this year. Um, and also I was listening to Bishop Barron's homily for today for the Pentecost and it, it resonated a lot with what we talked about last year. It made, it made me kind of wonder whether, <laughs> whether he got, he listened to our episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Um, but no, so I ended up preaching today on, um, on Pentecost. I got to tell you, man, Pentecost preaching is so much easier than the Ascension. Yeah. This is, this is. There's just so many wonderful images and so many wonderful things to talk about. And like the spirit of God is just so, it's just so invigorating, you know, and so wonderful to, to speak on. Um, I invite you to go back and listen to that episode from last year because you were, you were, <laughs> you were teetering on some pretty severe Trinitarian heresy <laughs> oh, yeah? uh, last Ooh. year, which was great. No, and you were, you, you were naming it as you were saying it, which was really funny. Um, but anyway, I ended up preaching on, um, I I decided to talk about like in the sequence. The sequence gives us a ton of different mm. images for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, um, and I started my homily that way. That was sort of my hook: was that we can speak of the Holy Spirit in so many different ways. Like there's fire, there's wind, there's peace, there's you know light, there's joy, um, and all those images are in the in the sequence. But then I focused on what you and I were kind of talking off the air about, which is that the Pentecost readings uh, for me this year hinged a lot on. Jesus stood in the midst of them while they were afraid with the doors locked. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke a lot about the spirit as consoler. Um, and those of us who live in fear and lock our doors, how the spirit comes and stands in our midst. Uh, and Jesus breathes on us his spirit uh, as a spirit of peace to console us, to send us out. Yeah. So I preached on that a little bit, which was really helpful for me just because I think it's a great topic that is so poignant. Like we're so, uh, it seems like generally we're just so terrified as a society that we're afraid to speak. I mean, especially right now, not even just terrified on speaking the truth, but we're terrified because of a pandemic. Like fear just is permeating every aspect of our, of our life, of our society right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, so I preached on that and I, I felt myself uh, inspired by myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, And I I hope hope others were too. Um, I don't know, but just to say that I think I felt myself more, um, more comfortable with this this homily than I did with the Ascension one. With the Ascension one, I felt like I was grasping yeah. straws the whole time. You know, going back to the Ascension really briefly, one of the things that didn't make it into our recording because of all of our difficulties, my difficulties, uh, one of the things that kind of changed the game for me was what you were talking about with the uh, uh, Pope Benedict's focus on that last line, on that question of the angels. Uh, and that that's mm. like legit been been in my prayer for two weeks now. Uh, and basically it's kind of changing, changing up the narrative of how we think about that verse. Like we always think of it as the angels, like jabbing at the apostles or the disciples for like doing the wrong thing. Rather, Mm -hmm. rather asking the question, why is it that you look up into the sky? 
That's right. That's right. And and like the the fact that Jesus is now ascending into the cosmos, um, even even if we're not, and I and I appreciated your your kind of your other breaking of the uh, of the narrative by like we only think of it as an up and down instead of like a, a broadening. Um, yep. But like if he's entering into this entirety of creation, uh, and understanding the fact that this is something that we've been doing since we've been been thinking beings is looking up into the sky and wondering like there's something huge going on there and it's worth our consideration and so i appreciate the angels for for helping me to realize that i need to think about that some more (laughs) yeah no totally totally i no thank you for feeding that back to me too i i think about that a lot now as part and it, it kind of fed in a little bit to my pentecost reflection as well is that we've done ourselves a disservice, I think, in our iconography of having Jesus Superman uh, flying into the sky on the ascension and the spirit descending as a dove. Like th- those images are pedagogical and they do grasp at some of the like some of the language in the in the New Testament, like ascent, descent. Okay, okay, um, but they're also images. Like they're images of what's happening. Um, they're not literal in the sense of like Jesus is up, up and away. And the spirit, you know, is, you know, touching down right on on earth. And so, like, I, I guess it's important to distinguish those two, because if, if the spirit of God is descending upon us, how do we think about that as sort of like a not just a physical vertical movement downwards, but that the spirit is, is resting upon right. us like the spirit hovers over the waters or is coming upon us Um yeah, I don't know. I think it's helpful to sort of broaden our understanding of, of how the images here work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a really great line in uh, one of Dr. Kraft's books, uh, the what does he call it, the Philosophy of Tolkien, uh, when he's thinking when he's talking about it's not an aesthetics chapter. Um, I think it's in his linguistic chapter. Anyway, he's he kind of gives this hierarchy of pr- like prose. Uh, poetry has fallen prose or something like that. So he goes through prose, poetry, verse, and then all of these are good, right? They're they're helpful for images, but they're getting at something deeper. This this music of creation, which doesn't have words. Uh, mm. And so I think a lot of the time, it seems to me what you're getting at is like we can we can get too caught up in the words that we're using to describe the thing, and forget that we're talking about something greater than our words can. Yep ever hope to to grasp or to right 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 and that and that is a a deficit like we we don't our imaginations don't really work that way anymore unfortunately uh Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's the that's the job of the artist is to hopefully yeah man yeah help people you know that image of the uh that image of the of the annunciation um that everyone loves um which is you know the the one that's in the philadelphia museum of art which is the uh the angel appearing as just this column of light to yeah, people love that. I'm not a big fan of it. I just, I think, I think it's a, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Um, I just, it seems a little bit too on the nose with like, we need to represent this in a non like corporeal way because the angels aren't corporeal. Yeah. It's like I get that, but you're kind of like erring on the opposite extreme of what I'm railing yeah. against. Like I'm railing against literalization, yeah. of course, but I don't want to just err on the side of like formlessness. Right. Right. Um, like you know. So like, but there's something to be said about, like you could have a whole homily about like, when we say the ascension, we don't mean Jesus floats. And we say the descent of the Holy Spirit, we don't mean that the spirit appears on the sky. Like there, mm-hmm. anyway, you can do a whole homily around that of how do we imagine these things? And what are we getting at when we say that the spirit comes upon us, descends upon us? 
um, rests upon us. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that, that's that's a helpful. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, anyway, so yeah, I like these check-ins. This will be good uh, over the course of the summer. We can do that for sure. I, I'm like next Sunday is going to be the Trinity Sunday, so I'd, at some point I'd love to feed back to you what I ended up preaching. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. Be kind of confusing for me. Um, but yeah, we'll take a break on our normal week to week planning for the homilies just because we're going to both be traveling. Where are you? Uh, where are you headed to? All over. So I'll be in New Orleans a couple of times this summer. Um, I'm going to. We're going to do ordination events and all that jazz. It's going to be awesome. And then we are. Um, I'm going to do a little vacation um, retreat, and then I'm going to help out at our parish in New Orleans for about a week. Oh over the summer nice, and nice. then i'm off to I'm... the next my next gig mm, the big the big that? city new york city uh, i'm gonna be wow. i'm gonna be going to art school uh is, <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> that. is that a weird thing for a priest to do <laughs> <laughs> i think i think most of what you and i do are yeah. weird by most people's yeah. standards of priesthood yeah so no that's great yeah man. i'll be starting that's that great. in the fall pretty excited yeah very cool. Very cool. So you're going to be moving to Manhattan yep. in August. Yep. yep. Very cool. Very cool. It's funny. You and I have, since we've started this show, you and I have never lived in the same time zone. <laughs> That's right. Um, and actually, you and I have not lived in the same time zone since we both lived in Dallas. Um, That's right. But uh, but yeah, so like now I'm going to be moving. Uh, I'm going to be coming back to the States uh, for a year. And I'm going to be in mountain time. And so you're going to be on the East Coast. I'm going to be in mountain time. So now I'll be behind well, you. Well, this is a, an um, interesting little trivia bit for people that don't realize how actually, how massively big the state of Texas is, that there are two right. time zones in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be moving back to Texas, but I'll be on the West part of Texas. I'll be in El Paso um, in the mountain time zone, uh, which will be great. So I'll get there in August to start my new assignment as associate pastor at our parish. Nice. Um, It'll be good. Yeah, before that, I need to finish up here in Spain, and I'll be flying from here, uh, making a stop in the Dominican Republic, where a lot of my family is mm-hmm. from, and visiting there. So actually, this time last year, I got ordained to the priesthood, and I didn't have a chance to celebrate with most of my family because of the pandemic. And so part of my trip to the DR will be celebrating uh, my my ordination with my family there. And then I'll be in Houston for a bit, and then I'll make my way to West Texas. Cool, man. That's exciting. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Cool, man. Well, anyway, so uh, we'll look forward to taking this up again back in August. But oh, sure. here and there, we'll sprinkle in some little Yeah, chickens. yeah. All right, pal. All right, man. T- till next time.